Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back. Yes, your ears do not deceive you. We have a new song that was a lead-in. Decided to pivot away from ACDC. Probably go back at a later point, though. Uh, I digress. This is Spencer Pollock, cybersecurity attorney from Niles Barton and Wilmer, and I'm the host of the Cyber Law Podcast, and I'm happy to have you back. Love the questions that we're still getting. Love the comments. Keep them coming, 443-381-3586, or email us, sspollock, that's P as in Paul, O-L-L-O-C-K, at nilesbarton.com. So, want to continue the discussion about the cyber law revolution, obviously, and cyber war, all things cyber. But today, let's talk about vulnerabilities and unknown vulnerabilities that we all have with our companies. Specifically, I want to discuss our external vendors you know, or third-party service providers and how they've created a massive vulnerability along with huge liability for us. So when I talk about external vendors, what do I mean? I mean anybody that you work with, that you use, that's not in your company, that either has access to your systems and your information or that you give information and data to. So let me give you some examples. Website design, website hosting, uh, internet security sites, cybersecurity firms that are running your cyber externally for you, payroll, health insurance, employee screening, credit card transactions, banks, procurement, anything, anyone, and I mean anyone that is not in your company that can touch your systems and your information or that you give information and data to. So when you start thinking about that, the list starts growing. So where does this become a liability and a vulnerability? Well, first, it becomes a vulnerability because our world has shifted into such a decentralized model and it's become much smaller. So years ago, the world was larger and less connected, forcing our companies to be more centralized, top to bottom. All of these services uh, and whatnot were kept in-house, which made us much more secure because you only have one entry point. The problem is that wasn't the most practical way of doing business. As the world became less centralized, i.e. as we became smaller, we became more interconnected, we discovered that we're able to do business much more effectively and much more efficiently by outsourcing a lot of these operations, which is good for business, but bad for security. So we went from having, say, like one or two ports of vulnerability where a hacker could get into to hundreds, to anybody that you've now worked with that you've given access to your systems or that you're giving information to. So hackers have a lot of different targets they can pick on. But there's also a massive amount of liability that comes with this. And there's a huge kind of misunderstanding about the liability portion. So let me be really clear. Under the law, you are responsible for your vendors. They're not responsible for you. So what do I mean by that? Under the law, you've got to have, you have to do due diligence with your vendors and you have to contractually obligate them to have the same reasonable standards regarding data protection, cybersecurity, 
in place that you have. Because at the end of the day, if your vendor is breached and your information is impacted and taken, accessed, acquired, that falls on you. It doesn't fall back to them. Well, it could based on contractual obligations. But in general, your clients and employees are only going to care that a data breach happened and their information was taken. They don't know who you're working with. They only know that they gave it to you. Let me give you a quick example. Jump back to 2014. There's a small HVAC company in Pennsylvania that uh, is using free online anti-malware software. The problem with this anti-malware software is it's not getting real-time security updates. So every time you get a computer and there's a Windows update that says we need to you know, up install this security patch or Apple sends something out saying install the new hardware, software, operating system, there we go, because it addresses security concerns. Well, companies do that. Tech companies do that because they find new ways to counter these threats. So it's good. It protects us. The problem with this anti-malware software that this company, HVAC company, was using, it wasn't getting those, right? So it wasn't updated in their protections. So what happens? Hacker gets, gains access, implants malware, gets uh, credentials, i.e. an uh, ID and password to get into a payment portal for one of their external vendors and providers. Hacker gets into this payment portal, which leads to Target, which started the Target breach. Now, I'm not going to name the HVAC company because nobody knows who the HVAC company is. And that's nothing against this HVAC company. But the whole point is everybody knows who Target is. And everybody, every one of the Target's customers and clients and employees only cared that they were breached. They don't care that the breach started with an HVAC company that they were working with. You know, so the questions is, are what due diligence did Target do? You know, what questions was Target act, asking of this HVAC company? But once again, nobody cares about this HVAC company because they didn't give their information to the HVAC company. They gave their information, you know, to Target. They shopped to Target, not the HVAC company. Now think about your own company. And if a vendor is breached, your clients are not going to care that it started with a vendor if it impacts their information. They're only going to care that you had it. You know, they don't know who you're working with. And the big pro other problem is you don't have Target's PR budget to protect your brand. And then the law also says you're responsible for it. The government's going to come in and say, we don't care who you're working with. They're going to ask what you did, what due diligence you did, what steps you took to be reasonable, what contractual obligations did you have. A lot of this comes back to being reasonable, right? You can't prevent a data breach. You just can't. But the companies that are proactive right, to take those steps, to do that due diligence, to do that investigation, to do the vetting, can at least turn and say to their clients, employees, and government, say, hey, we did everything we could within our financial means to protect this data, right? The companies that get in trouble are the ones that put their heads in the sand or say, we're not going to spend one dime on this. We're not going to do any investigation. We're not going to do any vetting. It doesn't apply to us. We're not going to get hit. Those are the companies that get in trouble. So how do you start figuring this out? How do you start this due diligence process? 
Well, one, it's figuring out what companies you work with, like we just talked about, and listing those companies, the external vendors. You know, did you have a website design company? Is your website hosted? What information can they get into? Do you have a payment portal on your website? Do you use third-party payment processors? Right? What about credit card processing? What about banks? Health insurance? Do you have an external cyber company? So making this list, so when you start looking at this list, then you need to figure out who can cause the most pain. And by pain, I mean, where are you most vulnerable? I mean, first, it's going to be your cyber company, if you have an external cyber company, because obviously they hold the keys to your castle. The next probably will be banks, because that's the financial side. And then you can start going down the list from there. And the reason why you want to do this is that you don't have unlimited time and resources to throw at this but you want to tackle the big ones to start. So then how do you start questioning and doing the due diligence when you know these pain points? Well, it's kind of a two-fold, two-sided operation between the legal deep dive and the technical deep dive. I'm not going to get into the technical deep dive. Um, obviously, it's a little bit outside my lane, but in terms of the legal deep dive, you really want to start asking questions of your vendors, i.e., have you had any prior data breaches? Have you had any regulatory investigations due to that? What about cyber incidents? How are you defining a data breach versus a cyber incident? How are you escalating it? Do you have an incident response plan? Are you testing that incident response plan? Can I see the results? You know, can I audit these plans? Who are you working with? How are you doing due diligence? I.e., how is the vendor doing due diligence with the vendors they use? Do they have these administrative, technical and physical safeguards in place to protect the information, i.e., what policies, plans, and procedures do they have? What software are they using? What risk assessments have they been doing? What are their physical security standards? So when you start doing that deep dive, you'll start getting an idea of who is prepared and who is legitimate and who is not. I can guarantee you the vendors who can answer those questions and don't get defensive have those reasonable policies, procedures, protocols in place. The ones that get defensive should send up a huge red flag. And the ones who can't give you good answers and reasonable answers, huge red flag. After that, you need to look at your contracts. So after you listen to this, go pull one contract that you have with one of your vendors that can access your system, your information, or that you give information to. Look for provisions such as notification, data disposal, indemnification, and insurance. Notification is important because if there's a data breach that starts with them, you want to make sure that they notify you very timely. You want to make sure that their definition of a data breach is the same as your definition. Because if it's not, then they might not notify you. They might just believe it's a cyber attack that didn't arise to the level of a data breach when really it did. Well, that still will start the clock with you. Data disposal. You want to limit how long a vendor can keep your data. You know, if there's nothing in there, they can hold it for an unlimited time, indefinite time. Imagine five years after you stop working with a vendor that they have a data breach that a hacker gets your client or employee information. Well, your client's employees are going to turn around and look at you and say, well, why didn't you have provision in the contract telling them to delete this information? There's no statute of limitations right now on data security, data breach, cyber laws. Indemnification. Vendors have cornered the market about this, and I don't know how. And so when I say indemnification, I mean who's going to be responsible. 
vendors have pushed responsibility upstream back to you, right? We want responsibility downstream to them. Because if something happens and they're negligent, we want them on the hook. We don't want it to be you on the hook. And finally, insurance. You want to require your vendor to have cyber insurance, and you want to make sure that you're included in their policy. Cost of data breach is $3.86 million globally on average. Imagine if they don't have insurance, proper insurance and your coverage doesn't uh, cover adequately. What happens? It's coming out of your pocket. What if they go bankrupt? It's coming out of your pocket. So these are a couple easy things that you can go pull and look for. But you need to approach this very much team-centrically. It can't just be one department in your company. It needs to be every department that engages vendors, right, or allows vendors into your systems or vice versa. You need to get it enterprise-wide. And then you need to bring in your internal or external legal and internal or and external cyber to do these deep dives. Because the more you do it, the easier it is. And the more you do it is the more global perspective you have and the easier it is to tackle this problem and change your culture and set up these best practices and take the fight to the hackers. So that kind of gives you the global overview of our vendors. We'll continue to talk about that. Um, keep sending your questions, comments in. Call us, 443-381-3586, or email us, sspollock, that's P as in Paul, O-L-L-O-C-K, at nilesbarton.com. Everyone stay safe. Looking forward to having you back for the next one. Thanks. Thanks.